what is up everybody welcome to the little podcast boys podcast uh thanks for pulling up to the function i'm here with my friend brian he is the whitest asian that i know he doesn't like rice but he loves pizza sorry guys <laughs> um but seriously though, seriously though brian is a super cool dude uh entrepreneur loves music works very hard um have nothing but good things to say about him and he has a super inter- interesting story um his parents came from cambodia um we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later and uh just his work ethic his drive he's you know very, very good guy he's gonna go gonna go far and uh if you don't know his name now you will shortly so oh, i appreciate that <laughs> I love, so, sweet. so actually me and brian we went to a concert the other uh, last night we saw newfound glory oh, yeah. and uh on the way there we had we were just talking about grinding talking about uh growing up things like that mm-hmm. and um he he, started, he he was talking about how his parents came from cambodia and how they made it here and you know everything they did to survive and 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 uh i thought it was really inspiring and i think it should be shared i think more people should um should know yeah. about it yeah i mean it's uh it's a crazy story man um and uh i i can't put enough emphasis on how much i respect and get all the shit that i'm talking about from them um uh two two different stories but both very um what's the word in in the end it's just i couldn't I, i couldn't thank them enough for how much they've done for me and how much they've instilled in me uh what type of man i should be um moving forward um and yeah, if you want to talk about, um, I start with my um, my mom probably the first. She was she did the tough shit. Um, so she actually she had to live under the communist regime, and uh, it was it really sucked, man. Um, she, yeah, I I, I <laughs> can't tell least, you to yeah. say the least. Yeah, yeah. she had to um, work the f- the rice fields and shit for really long times. So and that's why you don't like rice. Uh, <laughs> I guess you That's could say why you that. Don't like rice. I guess, I guess. But anyways, she, yeah, the, she used to work the rice fields, and she had to like convince the communist soldiers not to like fuck around with their family and shit. She had balls. I mean, for a girl, man, for a young girl at that time, um, and she was, uh, fuck, man, she was. I don't even know how old she was. She was probably like seventeen, eighteen, and she was confronting communist soldiers that takes like, balls just in general, major balls dude, man that's wild yeah and um thing was uh it, it, what sucks the most is i never met my grandfather right and he was a, from what i've heard great man like everything that you would expect like a great grandfather or father to be to his children and um he, the crazy thing was he worked for the government and he never ever in his mind ever thought that the communist regime would ever kill his own people and he was like one of the first to go yep what yep they went they knocked on his my my the door and uh next thing you know it's gone they tried to find him that was it and um did they they killed him right there no they they took him they took him yeah that's that's the type crazy shit that was going on back then man and um yeah luckily for uh Lucky for them, they survived. Most um, my my mom talks about she lost one brother and one sister, but for the most part, um, most of them survived. She, she has an older brother, my uncle, um, 
and then uh, three, four younger sisters, something like that. Big ass family, anyways. She had to, basically she was, um, in a weird sense, she became the father of the family, taking over that position. And um, they got out of the country after the war was over. Um, they were sponsored, and um, they moved to Canada. And <laughs> to tell you what, that was the communist shit was not even the hardest part. The hardest part was living in Canada and starting from the bottom, not learning any English. And she had to take care of her family. I, I'm telling you, like she, she. I think the first job that she had was like working in a. Quote unquote, she would hate me to say it, but it's a, a sweatshop. It literally was a sweatshop, <laughs> man. Damn. Yeah, man. Like Macy's would come over to her and be like, oh, I got a thousand dresses I need to get sewn. Do it within a week or whatever. That, that was like the type of job she had to do. She worked her way up from just being a grunt all the way to management. And that, like, and she was able to, um, have one of her proudest achievements was actually buying um, her first car in cash. You know, that was, that was crazy. I was like, damn, like that's, uh, I mean, like, and, and she, she, you know, she tells me the stories. Everybody tells me the stories. Um, and it's, it's weird. It's, uh, I, she had to provide for her family because my grandma had to take care of my, the youngest, um, the youngest um, daughter because she wasn't old enough to do anything. And the other two were actually, um, they were still in school. So they couldn't help the family. The older brother hardly, you know, they, they complain about him a lot, but he, he didn't work as much. And um, the other sister ended up moving to Toronto because she got married. So basically my mom had to provide for the family. She was the only one and she barely spoke English. And you said she was like 18? Yeah, 18, 19. By this time she was like 19, 20. Yeah, something like that, you know? And she's just grinding, 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 man running away that's that's my mom's side of the story and like mad chops for her man like i don't i i have never met a woman stronger than her man like i mm. you know i i it's it's crazy I, how, how much respect i have for her i uh, i don't know if she'll ever she <laughs> i never tell her but you know <laughs> you know you can't really go straight up to your mother and say that but yeah mad respect for that i mean i i only dream to have half the work ethic that she had you know that's that's like survival survival man i mean that's some stuff you can write a movie about and that's that's it's, it's insane i think it's crazy how not so far removed that shit really is from us though. oh i know it's like that's literally like one generation yeah it like, is just one could generation you imagine you know the government or whoever doesn't come knocking on your door and just ripping you out of your home and then you have to go to like yeah. some foreign country and mm -hmm. that is some some wild shit yeah. and that immigrant work ethic i think is unparalleled it's it's not something you can teach no that's that's it, just that's life or death like oh yeah you either you make shit happen uh -huh. or you die yeah and man props to your mom oh for sure props for sure. to your mom and i know that work ethic was is is instilled in you uh-huh and yeah, I, I, that shit is just wild. It is wild, man. I mean, like, I, I, it's like, I, the thing is, if you, I, I mean, that's why I have major respect for a good portion of the Cambodian community, especially the ones who have really, like, um, fought and clawed their way to a level of success because they all have gone through that, that same type of stuff and they had no choice. You know, to be successful, to be where they have to be, you know, to survive, you know, 
it is it's 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 crazy story but it's a very common story in the community mm -hmm. and i mean you can tell where um who faltered and who who you know were able to be successful you know and um yeah i can tie that into my father my father was he has a crazy story too and um man uh he um he had a big ass family he had 11 11 brothers <laughs> no 10 brothers and Damn. one sister some shit like that i can't even I, off the top of What's my head i can't team? think about yeah man yeah, yeah. yeah. my grandparents were <laughs> doing doing the, doing, the busy. doing busy work yeah <laughs> for sure but um so basically my grandpa um on my dad's side was like um he was he was a businessman he was a very smart man and he knew that um in cambodia was not the best place to be if you wanted a good future right so he was he he loved his children and he wanted to make sure all of them got out of the country you know because there was just no future for them i think the first one he ended up going to college in germany and learn and you know doing doing his shit and then my um second one ended up going with like a representative from the u.s like the uh, um, embassy he asked him to go so he went there and he took him to the u.s um and then the other another one went to france it's it just it was he you was just very well cultured, man. Oh yeah, you guys are all over the place. Oh yeah, man. That's, That's I mean, that, yeah, the thing too. is, they're trying to get him out of the country, man. They would go up, and they were intelligent. That's the thing is, like, they, my grandpa, he, even though he was a businessman, he knew the importance of education, mm. you know, especially with his kids. He wanted all his kids to be like smart and successful and all that. And he, like I said, he knew that it wasn't going to happen in Cambodia, you know. And um, when it came to my dad's turn, that that was the craziest thing is. I think he, from what he's told me, he went um, in a group of three, and it was he was the oldest, and he had two little um, his little brothers with him, and um, so I, I think he was sixteen. Can you imagine being sixteen and raising, almost basically watching after to your two little brothers. Dude, the shit that I was doing, when I was sixteen. I was so yeah, dumb. Yeah, I, you know, let alone like. Going to another country and like, oh, for sure, man. These are my siblings, dude. Barely That's knew, wild. barely knew French. And like he he went to France, and that was the only way he could survive. And then when he went to Montreal, um, Canada, the, the French helped him survive too. He learned more, and the only way he could learn English was actually staying after school or after his like school sessions and doing like um, what is it theater work. When he was doing that, that's the only place he could learn English. Damn. From yeah. Like plays and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Exactly from reading scripts, and he was not an actor <laughs> by any means. But he they was, were like, he was and, the tree. And, yeah, he was the tree. Yeah, you imagine like this this little skinny Asian kid coming in, <laughs> you know, everybody's French Quebecois and shit, and they they like, oh, this guy's here to learn English, I guess, right? Yeah, and it's it's a funny story that he tells me. It's like, damn, like, and I remember him telling me he worked all these crazy ass jobs just to, you know, like look after his his brothers and shit. Like it was just. Man, like he had a different. I mean, my grandpa. He, he did. He did all this stuff for them, but it wasn't the end. You know, just getting out of um, Cambodia. You know, and what's nuts about that um, is uh, even though there was hardships there, there was hardships in Cambodia. Like I said, with the communist regime taking over, the nutty part is that my uh, my grandpa, who who was really ready to get out of the country, um, yeah, I think three more kids left. And his wife, they were the last ones to go, and they were they had their plane ticket punched um, five days in um, advance, and within three or two days, the communists took over. 
so that they, is the craziest so shit. They, they didn't and get out. They didn't get out. They they had uh, I think it's four years of communist regime that took over. So it was like, God. so yeah, four days or five days turned into four years. That's the craziest thing. And I, I mean, again, um, the the ones who did get stuck. Uh, crazy ass worth like worth uh, ethic like I mentioned. I'm not let alone all of my aunts and uncles. It seems like everybody in your yeah. family is yeah. just fucking yeah, they're, they're, balls to the walls grinding. Oh yeah, grind, grind, grind. They got no choice. They got they got to um, work I, on their survival I, shit, man. Any means necessary. Oh I, yeah, I, I really, man. I really fuck with that. That's really that's really dope. Yeah, and I man, like I said, I said it like before. I was like, that's not something you can teach, you know. No. And that is like mm-hmm. this is the weirdest thing for for me is like. I never went through that shit, but like, I, I hear it, you know, I get the words. Um, I, tr- I try my best to like, like, you know, every parent's goal is like, hey, like I want, I want um, you to be better than me, you know? Yep. And I get that and I'm trying so hard. And like, it's, it's I, I don't know exactly, I'm at a point in my life where like, I'm putting it all together. I'm trying to figure it out, trying to make it like work that, in that way. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't think you should uh, feel like feel rushed or like mm-hmm. you're on the wrong path or anything. Because mm-hmm. I think you're doing great. You'll you know you'll get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I can I can sympathize and kind of relate to your mom's story mm-hmm. on a certain level. Definitely not you know the whole way. But um, my parents, like the, the the whole that that work ethic that grind wasn't really instilled in me. At a young age, I really didn't see that. Uh, my parents had me when they were very young. Like they were, they were still uh, they were nineteen when they had me. Oh, so um, you know, didn't grow up, you know, super wealthy or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got out of the Coast Guard, that's when the whole grinding and really any means by any by any means necessary kind of kicked in. So when I moved up here to Northern Virginia, um, I didn't really know what I was doing. And uh, I was living paycheck to paycheck, and I think that really humbled me. It really, I really grew as a person. And I was like, okay, like I want this. I'm gonna go get it. And then that's when AK started. Mm-hmm. That's when I started um, um, applying for the government job and mm-hmm. just kind of taking control. Because before mm-hmm. I'd kind of just sit back and kind of coast through everything. But um, but yeah, coming up here was a wake up call because I could have easily stayed at my parents' house mm-hmm. and you know had probably had a decent job, but I would have been the same piece of shit basically that I was before I joined the Coast Guard. No, so tell me, tell me about like your past though, like like I mean like your parents' story, you know, because I shared mine. You, oh let me, yeah, let me so, know about yours. Uh, so, so my dad, he, um, my grand, so my dad's Filipino, and uh, my grandfather left my. My dad, my, my, my grandma, when, um, right when my dad was born. So, you know, growing up, my dad was uh, pretty poor. They would live in like one bedroom apartments with like eight people. So like my aunts and my cousins, they, they would all live there. Um, my mom, on the other hand, had a pretty, pretty de- decent life coming up. Kind of your, um, your typical household mom, dad, brother, sister. Um, but uh, yeah. And, and then uh, you said they had you when they were really young, right? Yeah, so yeah, so they got pregnant with me when they were about 18. They had me when they were 19. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was definitely a struggle. My dad joined the Navy. But uh, but even that, they were still... We, I, we still live with my grandparents until my mom got pregnant with my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And how does like how does how has that affected you? You know, like um, you know the aspect of having young parent like young parents in your life, so to speak. You know, I, I like it honestly. Oh shit, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, having young parents is it has its pros and its cons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think growing up was. Well, clearly, since they were younger, growing up was a little bit more difficult, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Is there anything that you, like, you think you learn that... Um, don't have kids at a young age. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but, like, anything that you learn, like, you don't think, like, someone like me, I mean, my parents waited to have me, so, like, you know, they were 30 by the time they were like, oh, I'm ready to have kids. Is there anything that you think that you, you your life lessons, so to speak, um, t- have taught you? Um, you know, j- just based on your experience alone in that that aspect. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's ever a, like a right time to have kids and settle down mm. and stuff. Right. But because you know, growing up the way I did, and then joining the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. and then being out on my own, like literally on my own, yeah, definitely put perspective in me so like that's where you learn the most right? that's yeah. when i definitely learned the most uh-huh. so you know grow so now when i have kids i'm gonna try to instill that work ethic and that that in them that my parents failed to do not in you know i'm not talking shit on my parents because you know they were 19 doing what they could with what they had mm-hmm. you know but i feel like i have a bit more perspective so i'll be able to you know equip them okay. a little bit better or at least i hope so right, right. you know um but yeah, the the grinding, it like I've never been in a better I feel like I've never been in a better headspace than I am right now. Mm-hmm. Like I am so driven mm-hmm. to get shit done mm-hmm. and to accomplish things. Mm-hmm. And I think I really can. And that's why and that and that's when the whole AK athletics thing started. You know, I saw something that I wanted, I saw a need that wasn't being filled, and I was like, I'm gonna go for it. Okay, that leads me to my next question then. Um, what inspired you to start AK? What was, like, what clicked for you and made say, like, hey, I want to start this company and I want to take it to wherever I think I can take it. Like, what was your, what was the goal? What was the dream? What, what was all that? So when, when I got out of the Coast Guard, I started working out pretty regularly, pretty seriously, and, um, doing a lot of research. I started working at a physical therapy clinic and kind of just fitness and uh, just medical things just kind of took over. And um, I saw, and, and you know, doing all that, of course, I started seeing different fitness brands, Alpha Elite, Barbell Brigade, things like that. And I liked them, but there were things like that I feel like I could do a little bit better, do a little different that would, um, that would kind of make, like satisfy me. So, um, so basically, when when I walk into the gym, I want to feel confident because um, I feel like that would make my workout feel better. So, kind of harnessing all that, I was like, and then, and then I you know came up with the des- with the designs and everything, and I was like, Let, let's you know slap this shit on a shirt, you know, sell a few, see what happens, and then um, from there we had, we had fifty shirts in our first batch sold them out, sold all of them pretty quickly. And then at, at that point, I was like, oh shit, like this might, you know, be able to do something. You know, I might mm-hmm. be able to do something with this. Mm-hmm. Cause initially it was just like, you know, I like the Barbell Brigade shirts. I like the Alpha Elite shirts, you know, gym shorts, cool. But, you know, I want something a little bit more 
for me. Right. So that, that's what we did. People liked it. And initially, there wasn't really a vision to make it a whole clothing line or push it or turn it into this mm-hmm. entity. But once we sold those shirts, I was like, shit, like this could be, this could be something. Mm-hmm. So then that's when we started kind of doing everything else. Nice, nice. So. Hmm. And, and uh, how far you think you can, what, what is, you think you can push this? I mean, I'm trying to push like, like Nike who? Under Armour who? Oof. You know? Oh man. <laughs> like, I mean, like realistically, do I ever think that I'll get to that level? No. But I would love to take it full time, mm-hmm. you know, like have that be my main thing and really just push the shit out of it. But, mm-hmm. but like my main, but like what I really like about it is how genuine and organic it is mm-hmm. because, and I think that's very, very important. It's like grassroots kind of like grassroots movements or a deal, right? Right. And, yeah. and you know, just from my, my short time being in this space and, um, just kind of figuring things out on my own, mm-hmm. I've realized that slow organic growth, I think trumps, you know, being viral or, you know, the likes don't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. The views don't matter because like, for example, we've had a lot of people ask us to be ambassadors, affiliates or whatever. Mm-hmm. So basically we give them a discount code. Mm-hmm. They use that to push it to their followers and that generates sales for us. Right. A lot of brands do it. Mm-hmm. Not just fitness brands, but every, like all brands. And it's not a bad thing. I don't knock anyone that doesn't. But personally, I don't want, I just don't want, I don't want just the sales, you know? Like I don't want someone that doesn't really give a shit about the brand, you know, trying to, make money off it like i don't that's not that's not what mm-hmm. what i'm doing I, I i think slow organic genuine growth is good mm-hmm. for for anything and everything yeah. so so i say no to those people but the, on the flip side to that the people that really mm-hmm. fuck with us fuck with us hard mm-hmm. and so building that community and that camaraderie mm-hmm. is more important than more important right. to me so am i hurting the, the, the brand's growth a little bit by doing it this way? I think so, but at the end of the day, I think for, for me personally, it'll just be a better experience. Right. And yeah, we'll get, there. we'll get there. So on that note, I think just surrounding yourself with that kind of energy mm-hmm. is very, very important. Yeah, man. Especially as, as we get older and you know we start doing different things and moving, mm-hmm. I think it's very, very important to surround yourself with real people people that align, mm-hmm. have goals that align with yours. Man, yeah. So I think it's important to surround yourself with good people. I mean, as obvious as that sounds, I feel like it's not as obvious to, to people as you would think it is. Um, especially as we get older and we try to make moves and you know changes, I feel like some people can get offended by that or feel like they're getting left behind. But, you know, because before I joined the Coast Guard, I was... I thought my friends then were gonna be like my best friends ever. And I didn't realize at the time that I was in a very toxic situation. So once I got into the Coast Guard and I started seeing people who were, who were more career driven and wanted to do, like, do shit, I was like, whoa, like this is cool. Like I've never seen this before. So that defi- definitely motivated me to start making moves. So that was the initial spark. And then of course, once I got out and then uh, you know moved up here on my own and everything, so I think it's very important to surround yourself with people that, that click with you that because when they're, because have their energy match your energy and you know, you, you guys, just, oh shit, you guys will just climb the ladder together. Mm-hmm. 
because I've seen, I've been in, in so many situations where friends would be, would try to bring, bring me down or, you know, make me feel bad yeah. for, you know, getting that new government job, making right, me feel yeah. bad for charging them full price for an AK shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, leave that shit. Like, don't feel yeah. bad. Yeah. Drop them. Yeah. I can't tell you how many, like, toxic people I've dropped in my life. Um, it's just, it's, it's uh, if you ever want to make progress with yourself and like I think yourself is the most important person in your entire life for real like that's you you know so like if you got someone toxic bringing you down you're not going to get up you know it's like they, they just want to drag you down like, with them you know no, you're, and, you're 100% right because um, going back prior Coast Guard that's exactly what I was doing like the group of friends that I, I was surrounding myself with were I, I did everything that I could to help them succeed, mm-hmm. you know, because I cared about these people so much that I put them before me mm-hmm. for lit for absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. you know. So I definitely learned my lesson there, and you know, it, it's just it's crazy because you can give somebody all the tools in the world to mm-hmm. do to do something, mm-hmm. but unless they they use those tools, mm-hmm. you know, it's wild. It's I mean that's life, man. That's and. I tell you what, I mean, like, if, if you want to get into the big picture of things, um, like, if if you're not making goals for yourself, if you're not, like, thinking about what you want to do with your life, you know, especially, like, guys like our age, you know, we're, we're trying to pursue things. We're at a point in our lives where, like, what will make us, like, become who we want to be for the rest of our life because, you know, you spend so much time as a child and, you know, when you're a teenager and then once you're... I would say like a young adult around around 18, 17, 18, you're kind of formulating something like what's gonna be going on for the rest of your life. And that's like the biggest crossroads. And I think the toughest time is usually between 20 and, and 30, really. I mean, it, it can get it can be more, more than that for some people. And um, you know, if there's anybody listening, like that's, I you know, totally relate to you. There's been times where I was like, oh, what am I, what am I doing myself, you know? And it's, it's just harm, like, it, it sucked. It sucked the life out of me, you know? Just knowing that, oh, there's another day that's gone by and I haven't done something to better myself. Yeah, I, I, I completely, completely understand what you're saying. And I think for me though, it's gotten to a point where it's almost unhealthy in a way mm-hmm. because I feel like if I'm not productive, if I don't do anything productive, then like I get very anxious mm-hmm and it's like a waste of a day mm-hmm. and I'm really hard on myself. So I need to work on that because yes, you should be productive, you should be grinding, but not to the point where, you know, your mental health is. Right, yeah, is of course. Issue. It's like, I think um, wealth is the, like when you want to talk about wealth, being wealth with money is one thing and it's very much something that people should strive for, but at the same time, mental health, uh, with um, mental health, wealth is, yeah, it's weird. It is very, very important as well. So, I mean, you gotta love what you do, you know, because I've seen plenty of uh, rich people that are depressed, you know, and I've seen, I mean, you know, it's, it, if you can find the equilibrium between those two, shit, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the life that you wanna live, you know? And I mean, I've, I, I think I'm, personally, I'm, I'm working on a career path to reach that. You know, I've 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 hit my crossroads, 
and um, I think I'm, I'm, I know what I want to funnel uh, myself into. Um, mainly, I mean, if you're, for me myself, um, like music has been a big, huge part of my life all the time, as you mentioned, and uh, I'm trying to move in that direction. I want to be a songwriter and all that, so I, I, don't, I don't stop doing that. Keep writing songs constantly, 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 and um, you know, keep working on my craft with that. And um, you know, like I, I, I want to um, get into like uh, what is it, real estate and shit like that. You know, owning houses, getting getting flipping houses, that sort of thing. So it's like that's my long term goal. That's what I see myself doing. You know, um, with the rest of my life. Uh, and you know, that, that's it's. I think that my with that goal in place. I can live, like, go through every day a little bit better than the last, you know, because I'm working towards getting to that point. I think you'll get there. Yeah. That sounds like a dope plan. I hope so. Mine's, yeah. mine's pretty similar. Uh-huh. Um, so I have my, my government job now. And uh, honestly, the only reason why I, I took that job and quit going to school to be a physical therapist was to fund the AK to fund music mm. to fund all the things that I really want to do mm. so you know people like oh you know you you don't want to work for the government for the rest of your life you don't want to do this like you know you're set up you're good man you're good you got it and you got it you got it right which is true I could eat you know especially because I got in so young mm -hmm. I could easily work my way up and and be good and that's I think that's a great fallback plan mm -hmm. but that's not what I really want mm -hmm. you know I, I in a perfect world I would like to be full-time touring musician mm -hmm. and take AK full-time as well. Mm -hmm. That would be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be very stressful, but that but it'd be good stress. Mm -hmm. You know, so that is that would be the ultimate goal. Right. But and you have the like the seeds in place to to make that, make that happen. shit happen. Mm -hmm. I know. So yeah. So that's it's it's just grind time, you know. Mm -hmm putting feet to the pavement and just going mm -hmm. and i mean that's how that's how you gotta do that's how you gotta do with your dreams man that's that's uh, anything you think that you can you can do it's like i mean i think th the best way to achieve like um happiness like the the well-being of happiness is yeah you have a goal and getting paid to do what you want to do that is like the ultimate goal, like getting paid to do what you love, man. That's like that's that's every man's dream, man. That that's and um, to get to that point, you know, um, like I don't have the answers to everybody for everybody, but I know that I am working on it. And uh, and if I come come with my own solution and you see me successful, man, I mean, I'll I'll tell you about it for sure, you know. And I think this is what we're I'm trying to achieve here tonight. Um, you know, it's just, uh, sorry, it's, sorry, it's super serious today, <laughs> just introducing ourselves, but, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're working on it. We're working on, um, ourselves, working on our well beings, um, you know, mental health, um, real wealth, you know, physical wealth, uh, money wise. And, you know, this is, this is the type of stuff that, you know, you got to think on the daily, you know, get on that grind about, you know, that's, that's life. Yeah, all the all the sleepless nights are gonna pay off. All the long days, mm -hmm. it's gonna pay off. But right, right. But I appreciate you coming through, dude. Absolutely, bro. Thanks for driving up. Yeah. Um, 
make sh- if you make sure you check out AK Athletics, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, we're right. there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm only I'll link Brian down in in the description so you uh, can. I'm a no up. I'm a nobody right now. So you but, can hit him up, ask him all kind of questions about. Right, you can ask me. I'm not, I'm not I don't bite or anything. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Juice. Love you guys.